It's Wednesday, so it's Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Wayne, welcome to the show. It's been a quiet day. The round is stuck between 13.50 and 14. Not many company results coming out at the moment, but we've had lots of trading updates since we last spoke, mainly focused mm. on the retail sector. Now, this is a fascinating one for me because I spoke to somebody yesterday, a hedge fund manager, who said that he is looking at his opportunities for 2019 in the retail sector and he was enigmatically evasive as to whether he wanted to go short or long of them but I sense that perhaps he feels that there is a downside opportunity what do you think from the fundamental point of view no I think they're actually quite cheap I think there's massive upside potential so let's put MassMart aside for the moment because they might have very specific company issues and let's just deal with shop writing we can chat about clicks as well if you want to later. Yes, please. ShopRite, there were three problems with ShopRite. And in order of significance, the first one was, so the least significant first, the first one was their problems with their distribution center here in Joburg and strikes and IT issues. That will all come right, so that doesn't worry me at all. Mm-hmm. Second one was the African operation, specifically Angola, I mean, you don't get a catastrophe like Angola happening every year, and hopefully you don't get a complete currency collapse in the other countries every year. But you had well. it six months but, ago as well, Wayne. We, yes, I, was I, talking, I was talking about Angola six months ago, and probably there were rumblings about Angola six months before that as well. So it's an ongoing problem. Yeah, I know. Look, it, it, it could be. But when they devalued their currency, you thought that the worst would be over, and it just carried on weakening. So you hope that that's not a trend every single year which statistically it can't be because then simply the country would disappear off the face of the earth. So you would think that there would be less of an impact next year than what there was over the last year or two, I mean, specifically the last year. So then you come to South Africa. And South Africa, the reason why the performance was mediocre was very, very simple. There's no food inflation. And that has got to return. So people are still buying food. They're still going out there. They're still opening their wallets because they have to. But also there is is a certain element of discretionary spend, even at ShopRite. But you're saying that they can't pass on any price increases if there are any justifiable. They can't justifiably add that to their shopping basket because people won't accept it. And also, I mean, understand... And I know everyone on the face of the earth will say I'm talking absolute rubbish, but there is no food inflation according to their own internal calculations. I mean, food inflation is 0.2%, and the official food inflation is also quite low. So simply food inflation is low. It's such a commodity because, I mean, I know this is a massive oversimplification, but food in South Africa is millimeal. You know, that's a generic product. Everyone sells it. Every person. So you can't. But you can't add more to yours than someone else's because the, the price on, on the price they'll simply go somewhere else. Yes. So that it has to come back at some stage. When that comes back, ShopRite will do very, very well. So it's actually a reasonably good set of numbers given the circumstances. And these shares, all of them, eh, have come off significantly. I think they show good value. I mean, I don't know whether you must buy them now or whether they'll fall more in the next six months or the next year. 
I simply don't know. But what are you talking about here when they've fallen? You're talking about a forward shop right PE of... Yes, I know, but I'm talking about the metric that you use. Are you talking about a forward PE of 27 coming down to 19 or something like that? Give me what you see as good value with a share like ShopRite, because that's what you've been talking about. ShopRite, ShopRite, anything around about a 15 PE is probably very good value. Where is it now? I think it is around about there, 16 or 17, somewhere around there. But it was at least 10 points above that that, um, a a year ago, maybe more. Yes, correct, yeah. Mm, Okay, and historically, I suppose I've got to look back and say, well, it can go, it it looks like fair value at the moment, and you should be nibbling away, but it it has been down to eight or nine at some point because of irrational, extraneous market activity, if you see what I mean. So there is the potential for it to go down. definitely, but then... But you can't forecast that. Well, in fact, you can't forecast anything. (laughs) So when you come to buy and sell shares, when you come to do investments, there's only one bit of data you know that is 100% accurate. And that's the current share price and the current valuation. The closing price on the JSC Securities Exchange after we finished our conversation. All you know for 100%, yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing thing, actually. Because you can have an idea of forecast, you can have your forecast, other people can have their forecast, but they're forecasts. So you can say, so the, the way the way I work it is I like to buy companies that have been around for a very long time that show reasonably good earnings growth over time. And then every now and again, every five years, every eight years, they hit a proper wobbly. That's when you buy them. Mm, you've got to be so, really- you know, maybe you should be buying famous brands. Maybe you should be buying British American tobacco. Maybe you should be buying um, Woolworths. You know, there's a lot of them. Maybe we should be buying Mr. Price again. If you had been away for, let's say, two years, Wayne, and you came back from your holiday in the Amazon studying butterflies, you came back and you saw the famous brands, for example, share price, yeah. which was at 100 and something, sorry, the Woolworth share price, which was at 102, 103 rand. When you left for your expedition to the Amazon, you came back and you saw it below 50 rand without even knowing the fundamentals of what had gone on. But given the history yeah. and what you know about the company, you would probably say, if push comes to shove, I'm going to buy that thing. You'd do that, wouldn't you? Yes, correct, 100% correct. So you're doing because that now? Believe me, when, when the share price goes down, there's no shortage of bad news, eh? because that's why it's going down. Yeah. You know, so when you say, oh, now the share price has fallen 40%, 60%, but look at all the bad news, that's the very reason why it's fallen, is because there is significant bad news. So a lot of people seem to think it's unusual to find bad news when a falling share price about that company. Of course, there's bad news. In fact, the bad news overwhelms almost at some stages any prospect of recovery. Take British American Tobacco. It's a 7% dividend yield. It's a 9 PE ratio. And 9 PE ratios are reserved for companies that are either in dire straits yes. or at the tail end of global economic collapse cycles. That's when you get these sort of valuations. Now, I know about the cigarette sales, and I know about U.S. menthol, and I know about difficulties they're having in bringing out the alternative products, but that's probably in the price. I mean, this thing, in a 7% deal, take Renet. Renet today comes out with the net asset value update. I mean, this thing's been slaughtered because of the drop in British American tobacco. Eh? Yes. So their NAV is down quite significantly in the share trades, at a massive discount to that NAV. How, but you've how got to big believe is, that how, how big is that discount, Wayne, just before you go 30%. on? How much? 30%. That's too much. Yeah, you would think so, yeah. So, you know, 
But I've also learned the biggest, look, I've made many, many mistakes in investments, but the biggest sort of category of mistakes that I've made, unfortunately, on a reasonably consistent basis, is I buy too early because I see value in something and I say, and I rationalize it and make it, you know, look at it and then I buy it. And on a four-year basis, turns out right most of the time. But on a one to two year basis, you look like a complete idiot because you bought way too soon. So that is the problem of buying too soon in a falling, in a, you know, don't try and catch a falling sword. Or a falling piano. Don't be too hard on yourself because yeah. I think it was one of the Rothschilds that says, let the, the other chap have the last 10%, whether it be to the upside or to the downside. Okay, Wayne, the, the fact is that there is a Woolworths and a Massmart representative. Oh store in every single shopping mall or so-called high street in South Africa. And if you go to a Woolworths this evening, if you stop talking to me now and go off and get a a TV meal or a snack so that you can tinker with your your motor cars in your garage this evening and have a little bit of a munch, the fact is that people are still in there and they are still buying. So it can't be that bad. I just think that Ian Moore has maybe lost it a little bit. I I just get the feeling that he he hasn't done the job that he was doing for the for the previous the problem five years. With Woolworths, yeah, the problem with Woolworths is that they had such a success, successful name, they had such a successful following customer base that they decided we are going to expand the product range to our customer base. Yes. And it hasn't been in the food side that hit problems. It's been in the fashion and the crockery and cutlery and all the other add-ons that they try to sell via the Woolworths brand to their customer base. So the problem they've had for the last three years is not food. It's actually the clothing and apparel and that stuff. Mm. So, you know, maybe that's the fundamental mistake they made is that they diversified too much out of the specialization area. And you go into apparel and fashion, there's serious competition. there. You know, the, the Woolworths food side, you can argue that, you know, maybe some of the spas are there, you know, the good spas. But the problem with spa is that the quality is so inconsistent you know, one spa is not the same as another spa. Yes. And you could argue that maybe pick and pay and checkers are now trying to put the Woolworths style fancied meal section in there. But Woolworths has got that market and they diversified out of the market and that's where they've taken pain. Let's put Australia aside for a moment because that was catastrophic disaster. Mm-hmm. But people still shop at Woolworths for their food section and it still works. It does. And again, the question and in I, mod, so, I don't know what's gone wrong there, to be honest. I don't know what's gone wrong there. There was a massive, massive fall. Um, I just want to ask you one question now. Is it a South African problem? Is it a retail sector of the JSE problem? What is the problem here, or is it a combination of the two? Because I get the sense that people do have the money, but they're not just not going out there at the moment and saying, I'm going to buy that yes. little extra item that would maybe push the shopping basket over my normal limit and therefore boost the earnings per share or the revenue of this particular company, which I'm patronizing. Which one is it? Look, look, you got to, whenever you come to questions like that, you got to sit back and obviously think a little while and try and push out current noise. Because when you listen to current noise and comments on the radio and TV, you'd swear we were in the worst recession we have ever anticipated. Mm -hmm. The actual data is not that catastrophic. It's not good. I mean, today, BankServe came out with some data, and this is now all the salaries that are paid via the South African banking system. So it excludes the unbanked people, it excludes the formal sector, but this is where the money's at, and the average earnings went up half a percent. 
You know, in 2016, they went down 1.2%, and that was the worst year in a number of years. So though it's not a 5% increase, it is still positive. Okay, so you can argue that the reason why the South African consumer is in a bit of a slump is a sentiment issue. Because also, despite commonly held belief, overall consumer debt levels are not massively high. They are very much average range, and you can even argue a little bit below average because people haven't been spending because of this confidence issue. And the confidence issue was land expropriation. It was the ANC government under ex-President Zuma. There were a whole range of confidence issues, but by and large, those are dissipating now, I think. So hopefully this year, we get a better year than last year. It's not as good as what we need, but... You know, you'll take anything in comparison to poor economic growth. I mean, we had a recession last year. In fact, household consumption expenditure figures and the household balance sheet, I don't know how people measure these things, but apparently are consolidating and doing well. And as I've always said, it's not just the household that has some money to be not unleashed, but certainly trickled into the market. It's also the corporate. So if things do get better in South Africa, then the the corporate South Africa is going to go out there and hopefully not make the mistakes that break did with well, new look and, and everyone everyone now is gun shy of expansion overseas every single company from Sassol to Woolworths to Breit to they are all gun shy of going overseas and splurging your money so that's not going to because happen because they were stupid also, and what, injudicious as well i mean stupid, i'm not saying yeah. it they yeah. the, the boardrooms should be ashamed of themselves for going they in and be. saying i need to spend this money because my shareholders are phoning me up every day and saying it's burning a hole it's in our balance sheet but yeah. just leave it i mean why do, it's almost like a commodity yeah, no, company cycle where they have to go out when their pe's yeah, are no, at no, these look, am- amazing levels and they have to go and buy a new mine the same thing has happened yeah. elsewhere yeah, no, but the commodity companies, you understand it because that's what they do. That's the nature of the beast. The only time they've got money to spend is at the top of the cycle. Hmm. And at the bottom of the cycle, no one's got money. They're all going bankrupt. So commodities are a bit different. That's what they always do. And in any case, a mine's a 40-year asset, a 50-year asset. So the, the mistake South Africans have made is they've been under intense pressure, non-rand earnings, non-rand earnings, and then their own successes lead to their own failures. Because they are reasonably successful in South Africa, you feel you can conquer the world. I mean, look at me. I'm so good in South Africa. Mm. You go overseas, that's very different. eh? You don't know the environment. You don't know the competition. You don't know anything, quite frankly. And that's where the guys get caned. And the guys overseas see you coming. So they sell you the things, the second-tier quality assets at an exorbitant price. But I suppose that's life and you learn, learn lessons. But... Also, on a sort of almost like another urban myth, everyone says SA corporate has X number of billion cash on their balance sheet, which of course they have, but they don't spend money until they see an increase in consumer demand. So they actually a lag. The consumer's got to start spending more and borrowing more and buying more cars and TVs and whatever else before the corporates start investing that excess cash. So corporates never lead an upswing. Consumer. Well, in South Africa, mining and consumer lead, lead the upswings. Wayne, thanks so much for your insight this evening. Fascinating chat, as always. That's Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday.